0: To be honest, I was a little bit of an animal in the drink. I was never an alcoholic. I just had a problem with excessive drinking. When I found boxing, that was me new vibe, and you vibing, that allowed us to then stop drinking. And it was just that one little switch I needed, and never looked back. Never touched a drop of alcohol. I've come from a travelling background. I come out at a young age. I was kind of forced out, I wasn't out of choice. And it's not really something that's kind of accepted within that community. Then I lost my car, I lost my job. I wasn't living at home. And at that point, that's when I kind of took drinking as a way to mask the way that I felt. I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. I wasn't open with my emotions. I kind of, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I just used drink and drugs as a way to, to feel numb. If there's a problem, just, just face it, head on, have a conversation. It might be something really small, but it feels big in your head. But as soon as you've had that conversation and a little bit of a release, oh, right, OK, that, that's actually not as bad as what I thought it was. Don't be ashamed. Like, don't feel like you're weak.
1: So how's it the going anyway?
0: Just training hard, fighting in a couple of weeks.
1: And what's this camp been like compared to all the others?
0: Quick. I feel like I've blinked and it's gone. But it's been good. Had a busy year, so just excited to get back out in the second, and hopefully another explosive win.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. So you said obviously last year you uh, there was a bit of a low point. You had all sorts going on, baby. Everything else. Can you explain that to everyone? What
0: happened? Uh, Yeah. So to be honest, I kind of rushed into the second fight. I got a bit greedy. It was only I think three, four weeks after I made my pro debut. and I just thought, yeah, I just wanted to be active. Like take it, I was treating it a little bit like the amateurs, like, cause I was that used to fighting. I had 24 fights in 20 months as an amateur. So I just wanted That's to mad. be busy. And because I'd waited so long because of the COVID period, I, I just, I got a bit ahead of myself. Obviously I totally underestimated parenthood, the the lack of sleep, I didn't have a nutritionist at the time. I was working three jobs, including boxing. Um, so it just got a bit much. and. Yeah, bad performance, bad night in the office. No excuses, but yeah, push forward.
1: You said this is your fifth fight this year, 2nd of December.
0: Yeah, fifth fight this year. I set myself the target in January to have four fights. I'm on my fifth. Um, I've got an amazing nutritionist on board, Pete Bell. He's literally a magician. He knows his shit. He's done all my fight camps this year. Mm. Um, And just, you feel completely different when you're in the ring. I wasn't fueling my body right. And somebody told us, like, if you, if you don't put fuel in a car, you, you run an empty, treat, treat your body the same. So since then I've done that. And even just when I'm training, like I feel completely different. Um, my physique, everything. So everything's just clicked together nice.
1: How does he get you cutting weight but still eating loads of good food? And thing? Is he, like, getting you on certain meals per day at certain times? Is it?
0: Yeah, so I send him, like, my training schedule. He knows what that is, and he does a plan around me and what I'm kind of exerting. Like,
1: What does the week look like?
0: So I've got, like, three set days. It's, like, a low, medium, and high day, depending on what I'm training. A low day, is an example, like, if, if I'm on a rest day. Medium, if it's a little bit not, not more intense. Or if I'm sparring, then I'm on a high day. Um, and it's different type of foods but he puts things in what like I like so like I'm not then getting the cravings so for me a salted caramel grenade bar (laughs) ha come to us do you know what I'm saying I've got like a full tub of ice cream on a high day Mm -hmm. it's unreal so like I'm going to bed and I'm not feeling hungry
1: what ice cream is it is it the halo uh, halo top
0: well I get the the snidey version from Aldi because it's not as expensive Mm -hmm. Um, but it tastes the same salted caramel what's it called Um, (sighs) don't even know don't know the name of it. It just tastes great.
1: I spoke with uh, Lucas Ballingall, and he said that one of his nice treats he gets. Um, I think rice two rice cakes, and then he puts like the ice cream in it and everything. Else. It's only like two hundred calories. It uh, works, but like ice cream sandwich.
0: Yeah, well, so that full you tub trick tub is your like, brain. Yeah, it's three hundred and twenty calories for the full tub, but you feel like you you on a proper binge.
1: And is there? Pro- there's quite a bit of protein in them as well, isn't it? Yeah, there? it's like ten grams. Yeah, or? I
0: think on that one there's twenty grams. I'm sure. Wow. Um, but. I get, I get my steak on a low day. I'll get me like my chicken, my avocado. I, I love stuff like that. How so, low
1: is the low day? Um, how many calories?
0: I think for this fight camp, it's 15 something. So just, just short of 1600 calories. Um. So when I, when I'm resting, that's, it's not bad when I'm not doing anything. So um, still feel good but a load is actually although it's the least calories of the three it's mm-hmm. the one I prefer the most
1: yeah and you've, uh, been, you've been so active obviously that it's not like you're ballooning up in between camps and... nah
0: nah I try to keep it like as, as best as I can I mean some of my fights I'm for, for the ones in July there was there was 13 days between the fights I had one little cheat meal as a bit of a treat straight back on the plan
1: what's your cheat meal usually dominoes yeah dominoes <laughs> yeah what meat feast
0: <laughs> no pepperoni pepperoni with extra tomato base
1: Nice. (laughs) So you're a late star in boxing. What got you into boxing at at a late start? And uh, how was it walking in the gym the first time?
0: It was a friend actually, because to be honest, I was on a bit of a a bad path with drinking just being a little bit of an idiot, fighting, scrapping on the street. And she was like, come come and give it a go. I think you'll like it. But at the time I was due to get married. So I was like, I can't really commit to, to the sessions. Um, well, and I'm not an,
1: those type of sessions.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> a, and I'm an all or nothing type of girl, mm-hmm. so I waited until I got married. She asked again, and I thought, let's go. I'll just just go f- to the fitness session, see what it's about. And it was like someone injected something into in my veins. Never looked back, and and here we are.
1: How was that session when you walked in? The the process of it, you're seeing everyone warm up. What it was, was a little
0: like? bit daunting, you know, because I I'd, I'd only ever been in a boxing gym before when it was like. Where where my brother used to box because they they both box as an amateur and they like they're younger than me, um. So other than that, I'd never stepped foot for, for like me to train before. It was just to watch them. What were um, the feelings
1: like on the day of when you're going in?
0: I mean, my me arse was going a little bit, and I'm not even scrapping at this point. <laughs> but now nah, it was good. Once I got in there, I was settled. I was enjoying it. Like I knew straight away, just from that one session, that I I can do this. I'm I'm committed to to this, um, and I wanted to give it a go. What, um, what club was that? Uh, lamp Street in Sunderland. Mm-hmm. And I remember the head coach coming up to us and, and pulling us aside and he, he said to us, have you done this before? And I went, no, no, just uh, watch my brother's box. I've just got like that fighter's kind of instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, I knew I potentially had something. And how long did it take from when you stepped foot in to your first fight? Uh, not long, to be honest. It, it was just kind of about getting the weight down to where we wanted it to be because I'd, I'd never really... Been in the gym before, never went for a run before. I was binging. Um, so I was a little bit heavy, a little bit tubby. Um, so how once how we got, much weight did you have to lose? Um, I think it was 11 kilogram I lost in wow. total. But that was in, I'd been in the gym, I think it was five months. And then I had my first fight on the 3rd of May, 2018.
1: Kilo a month consistently. Yes, really mm-hmm. good.
0: So five months, lost 11 key, mm-hmm. got down to 64. Um,
1: how was that first fight?
0: unreal you know like the adrenaline everyone there like screaming shouting your name um, and from that first fight I got me nicknamed the Russian robot because I just come forward <laughs> there was no stopping um but yeah it was good good vibes
1: so the atmosphere of that night was it a home show home show yeah how did you handle the all the adrenaline if obviously there's no, nothing like it really maybe if you're taking MDMA every day yeah. you, you might get there <laughs> But, um, like, how was that rush and everything? Like, can you imagine, can you still remember now that the warm up and oh, everyone screaming? Oh,
0: yeah. Like, I seen, because I, I was actually top of the bill as well.
1: Oh, wow, okay. Um,
0: so it was a little bit daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just an unreal experience, like the excitement and the adrenaline, like the unknown, because I didn't really know much about, oh, this girl that I was actually fighting with, it was her amateur debut as well. So I was like, we, we don't really know much about each other. Um, but... As soon as my song come on, as soon as the crowd went what wild, song? Freed From Desire, every single time, every single fight. There might sometimes be a little bit of a, a mix, a little bit of an intro of something else, but then it's always booming into Freed From Desire. Just That's get the tune. crowd going.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, as soon as I got in the ring, I was just like, this is it, this is my time.
1: After that, obviously, you soon realise that boxing's a lot harder. When, when you're just going toe-to-toe and you are throwing straight shots, the fitness... How did you suddenly adapt from that to going to intermediate and advanced, having twenty-four fights in twenty months?
0: Yeah. To be honest, that everything progressed quite quick because I was put on the work in even though at the time I had like a full time job, I was still making sure I made the sessions, I was getting out for my runs, I was doing the extra little bit to one percent that like is kind of needed to try and get ahead of the game. Um so <sighs> to be honest, after my second fight, I was in Harangay Box Cup. So I was thrown in the deep end but that's the way that I liked it I'm in mean, against good girls girls that have been in the sport 10 plus year but I loved it
1: How'd that go? Haringey?
0: Uh, the first Haringey won I was unsuccessful I actually come up against a teammate unfortunately in mm. the draw because uh, there was two of us in it the same weight um, lost on a split decision and but then it never stopped us so I knew we'd, we'd come back and I went back the next year and I won gold um, and I was in the, the, the class above wow. so
1: so what? So within a couple of years, you got gold at Haringey? Yeah, that's impressive. And going from obviously your amateurs all the way through, what was the main consistent? Obviously, you said you quit your job at some point as well, right? What What were you doing nine to five?
0: So I was working um, for a company, an assessment center in Newcastle. Um, I had my own team. I was a manager, but it just got like, it just wasn't for me. The vibe of people weren't for me. I was in a little bit of a rut obviously I got to a position where I wanted to kind of be really serious about boxing. So uh, I took up doing a PT course. Um, it was like a year course. I, I took annual leave, attended things that I need, like the, the sessions that I needed to attend. And as soon as I got my qualification for that, then I just decided to leave. I said, this isn't for me, I'm not happy. Why am I going to stay in a job that I'm not happy? Mm-hmm. Um, And it's not what I wanted to do long-term. So it was great pay great benefits I got with the company but the people weren't for me and it just wasn't a nice surrounding to, to be in so I thought fuck this I'm away.
1: Did your boxing completely change when you finally committed to personal training and being in the gym full time?
0: Yeah it was a different vibe like I'm a very active person I didn't want to be sat at a desk Monday to Friday night or five like that's just not me I'm out there I'm constantly on the go so the, the PT world was exactly what I was kind of destined to to be around, being in a gym or being in my own little space where I've got my own little vibe and that I can bring people in. And cause the, the gym for me saved us, boxing saved me. So like I knew what it could do then to someone else. So for me to be able to give that back, it was a nice feeling.
1: What point did you think I'm going to go pro?
0: COVID hitting, to be honest, I would have stayed amateur a little bit longer. There was things I would have liked to have ticked off. I mean, just before we went into national lockdown, I was a day off winning for the um, championships, the obviously biggest competition in this country. Mm-hmm. So it was absolute sick. And I'd made that way, like right the way down. And then obviously that happened and we didn't, it was so up and down. We didn't know when it was going to end. And I was like, do I wait for this? Do we know when the end of COVID's going to be? Do we know when we're going to get out of lockdown? Like, or maybe six months into it, there was, there was an opportunity to, to kind of turn pro and like get used to the the pro game. So I was like, I weighed up the pros and cons and I was like, what have I got to lose? I'm not getting any younger. What am I technically gonna achieve if I was to say win the the championships? Am I gonna be any higher thought of? Probably not. It's not like I'm gonna get onto Team JB. My time's, t- time's gone, I'm too old. So I, I turned pro. Thought so I can get used to the game, study the game, in, if there's any time to do it, it's now because female boxing's on the rise.
1: Did you study the game during lockdown? Was you active?
0: Absolutely. I never stopped training once. Like I know some gyms like they weren't open, but then as a pro, you could actually train. Mm-hmm. So we were in, we were getting the sessions done. We were outside doing sessions when it's snowing and um, still getting my runs in. I've got my little gym. I was getting my sessions in there and just just grinding away because I knew my time was going to come.
1: And do you say you, you signed here in this gym, right? So you were straight away of this coach?
0: Yeah, so I uh, had a little session with Nick and I just knew straight away I was like, Yeah, this is my vibe. Um I felt free, I could like kind of be the style that I wanted to to be and straight away picked up on stuff. Um and he talks you through it. He doesn't just let you like blast out things like he'll talk you through the minor detail and make you understand why you're doing this this movement or why you're throwing that shot after this so
1: can you explain a little something maybe that you teach maybe why to move off after a one two or
0: yeah so like on the, on the pads and stuff i was used to kind of doing like blaster pads like fitness style um and he like j- just small movements something for example when, when i'm throwing the one two like the the correct movement of your hips and your shoulders coming all the way through, not just like half shots, like just mm-hmm. generating that little bit extra power. Cause that's what the the pros is about. It's not just these little tappy tappy in and out, in and out. Like mm-hmm. you want that one shot to hurt. So just that small little movement and how much different it can feel than when you're throwing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll stop and slow it down and know you need more twist in, in the hips. Know you need more twist in the shoulder. So just, just slowing everything down. I, I felt like I started from scratch because with the COVID period, I hadn't been in a boxing gym for, pff, I don't know how long. I felt like Bambi on ice when I first come in here. <laughs> I felt like I had to start from, from scratch. My footwork was all over the shop. so That
1: was probably better though. Instead of you having the amateur mindset of sort of tap and move. Yeah, and yeah. You probably actually managed to just listen from the start with a, a, fresh, it, a fresh start. Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it was good. Like, obviously, first up and back, I, see, I took videos on the first session. I was like, wow, what was my feet doing? <laughs> um, it was like there was ice underneath us, but... It's good to see how much we've progressed in just a short space of time. So, yeah, right decision, and and I love the vibe of the gym.
1: And who was your idols when you were sort of about to go pro? Is there anyone you were watching on the telly? You like I fancy a bit of that? Was there any styles maybe that you were sort of watching, soaking in? Obviously doing your doing your research.
0: Yeah, um, I watched Katie like before I even got into amateur boxing. So she's always been like a big vibe and inspiration to be honest to, to get into the gym as well and have a little bit of that because obviously I loved to scrap on the streets but I just wasn't in in the gym So, um, and I would say for lads like someone I'd study footwork wise and, and movement is Lomachenko I love his stuff watch his mm. videos on YouTube all the time
1: Well, all of his Olympic stuff as well just like
0: his training the, the ladder worker used to do things like that and there were certain things then I was bringing into my training to try and get that footwork better because for me that was the number one priority, getting my feet right before then I throw mm. my shots. And like his dad made him do dancing for how long before he let him get yeah. in the boxing gym. So that's why he's got such good movement. And mm-hmm. um, so just little things like that.
1: I love you said about Lomachenko. He's there's so many people that don't like him for the losses and everything else. They don't understand that he's a once in a lifetime type oh. of fighter. Him and Usyk, unbelievable. What, what they I mean, do.
0: They're both unbelievable. The movement they're there and they're not mm-hmm. like the imagine being in the ring with them, they frustrate you.
1: Yeah. Well, and the pressure they put on you about throwing a punch, they're yeah. not wasting any energy, yeah. but they're in your face and you can't hit them. Yeah. Yeah. So what what footwork drills were you doing? Because he does a lot of unorthodox stuff. He does like juggling, he does like... i seen um,
0: things like that, yeah. And mm. then like, to be honest, there was things where we were using tennis balls where you've got a think, so after you've done a hard session, you're doing something afterwards where you've got to like switch your brain on and think, mm. um, certain little drills, um, little activities. Um, but mainly i was I, I was doing a lot of ladder work um and just like practicing stuff like just drills i'd try and drill it for like half an hour 45 minutes and now I'm just straight if doing the one thing so like right okay that's click now mm-hmm. but i'd do it over and over again until i did get that click um but yeah a lot, a lot of work speed work just to get things like moving
1: nice and you said boxing saved you so what was the <clears throat> reasons before boxing that, that were going wrong in your life what, what were you getting up to besides the scraps
0: Just, to be honest, I was a little bit of an animal in the drink. I got, I was never an alcoholic. I just had a problem with excessive drinking. I didn't know when to stop. Um, And I did used to take a lot of illegal substances on the back of alcohol because that's the next best thing, the next best buzz. Um, But I was using it as a way to kind of switch off and not deal with anything from my past. So I, I was just a little bit of an animal. So when I found boxing... That, that was my new vibe and that allowed us to then stop drinking because I kept making the same mistake over and over again. And it got to a point where I quite easily could have lost my wife and, and my house, my friends, my family. And it was just that one little switch I needed and never looked back, never touched a drop of alcohol as of the 28th of January next year. So Congratulations. five year.
1: Wow. So you said about some tough times. Is only can you talk about any of those things, or do you not want to go into that?
0: No, look, I'm I'm happy to be open and free. Like it's not something I I do kind of keep my cards close to my chest. But I just think I'm at a point in my life now where I'm I'm happy and I'm comfortable talking about things because. It helps sometimes just having a conversation with someone. It's like someone's then lifted a weight off your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I get that. Just to kind of give you a bit of background from from me and where I've come from. I've come from a traveling background. Um, I come out at a young age. I was kind of forced out. I wasn't out of choice. Um, And it's not really something that's kind of accepted within that community. So I was kind of moving about where I was living. Um, My grandma and granddad took us in. Um, And I I was living there for a period of time at that point when they took us in, I lost my car, I lost my job. I wasn't living at home. I didn't have a pot of piss in. My grandma was giving us a bit 20 quid here and everywhere. So you can still go out, do your little bits, like meet with your friends and stuff. And at that point, that's when I kind of took drinking as a way to mask the way that I felt because I didn't feel comfortable in my own body. I lost a lot of confidence. And it was the acceptance side. I thought kind of, do I have to be someone I'm not here? Can I actually be with a woman? Do I have to pretend for the rest of my life and be with a man and, and it was just a tough time but because I wasn't open with my emotions I kind of in, inclined with my emotions should I say I, I didn't know how to deal with it so I just used drink and drugs as a way to, to feel numb and and mask it and that's what led to the excess of drinking had a bad day, go home open a bottle of Prosecco I've just did a bottle of Prosecco off mm-hmm. that's later into life I mean um. because i never kind of dealt with it properly then that's what then led to things leading down the line
1: before we go any further in the podcast i would just like to thank the proud sponsors of not just boxing not just boxing is proudly sponsored by titan boxing titan boxing is a uk fast growing boxing business they do personalized gloves pads t-shirts everything they've got uk free shipping go check them out with the link on screen Gymfluencers.com are proud sponsors of not just boxing they are the premier health and fitness website there you can find supplement discount codes freebies giveaways a macro calculator there's all sorts on there so go check them out at gymfluencers.com or check out their at on instagram at gymfluencers.official. so did you not really feel like you fit in anywhere at some points and you did you realize at the time that you were escaping certain things or was it just normal did you was you just sort of go 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 reacting on emotions all the time.
0: Yeah, well, to be honest, at that present moment in time, people probably didn't know there was anything going on inside my head because I hid it very well. Mm-hmm. I just cracked on. Um but I, I th- there was a lot of demons because I, I didn't know I, I didn't know what to do or how to deal with it. And I remember there was one point we were at someone's house and it was like a roof, um a loft style and there there was a window and it was quite easy to access the roof. It was, I could just jump out. And I honestly, at that moment of time, it went through my head. I thought I could just quite easily like get out this window now and jump off the roof. But I didn't, I'm pleased I didn't, but that's the reality of where I was in my head. But I just didn't know or how to speak to anyone about how I was feeling. Um, Cause it was like, is this just a phase? Like am I meant to be this person? I, I don't know, it was tough. And then it was not long after that period when I felt like that that I actually met Amy, and um, she accepted us and wanted us in a time where I didn't have anything. I was a nobody, so I knew that it was it was going to be something special. So from that point, like we built on things. We've we've built a little empire. We've been together nine years, married five years. We've got a little baby girl now. We've got a lovely home, two two decent cars. Do you know what I mean? So like I've, we've built it up from from the scratch, but because I never dealt with a head on there, that's when then things started to still come out and I was still using alcohol as a way to like mask the way that I felt. Um. So at one point I did get a little bit of help as well. I got a little bit of counseling to try and understand, hang on a second, what's what's going on here? Like what's going on with my brain? And when I started talking about stuff more, that's when I was able to re- have a little bit more release and understanding of, right, this is who I am and this is who I want to be. Um. So... To be honest, the best thing I ever did was, was stop drinking. I had to stop drinking. I couldn't do it because I probably would have ended up in jail, or be ended up in hospital, seriously hurt. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's kind of the reality, the backstory. story.
1: Yeah. What would your advice be to anyone that is going through similar things, have experienced those thoughts? Would you say maybe go speak up, find counselling, find a, a close friend?
0: 100% because... I was always ashamed. This is the first time I've publicly spoke about this and what I've just said, the only person that ever knows the, the deepness of of how I felt back in that time is my wife. But I'm at a stage now in my life where I think, no, like people actually do commit suicide because of their thoughts and how they feel because they, they feel like they've got no one and there's always somebody to talk to. It's just trying to reach out to someone. And the best thing I ever did through the years, even since stopped drinking is if there's a problem, just just face it head on have a conversation it might be something really small but it feels big in your head but as soon as you've had that conversation and a little bit of a release oh right okay that that's actually not as bad as what i thought it was um so yeah it's just like don't don't be ashamed like if you need to speak or you're feeling a certain type of way like don't feel like you're weak because i felt like i was weak still to this day like I have to try and tell myself, no, like you you're a strong person, you're allowed to cry, you're allowed to get emotional, but I've never been that type of person. And I see myself as being weak when I cry, but I know that's not the case. I give other people the best advice and say, No, no, you've you've got my shoulder, but I don't give myself that mm-hmm. advice back. So I'm like, but I'm 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 still learning, but I'm I'm a lot more open now to, to what I used to be.
1: Just treating yourself how you would treat a friend. Yeah. In your inner dialogue, when you are being nasty to yourself and things aren't going well, that, that is probably the worst thing you can do, right? So, yeah. like you said, treating yourself like a friend, it must feel so much nicer. You're probably still working on it now, right? Are you having good and bad days? Yeah,
0: so. 100%. And like, even still, sometimes Amy's got to drag it out of her. She knows when there's something on my mind or when mm-hmm. there's something wrong. She's like, what's wrong? She gives us <laughs> the eyes, and I'm like, right, okay, I'll tell you. But like, when I first met her, like, I genuinely was a closed book. It was like cemented. You you had to wedge that open, and it was very hard to even get anything out of us. But that's because I just brushed everything under the carpet. But that's just the 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 kind of background I've come from. Like you just it's okay. You don't talk about your emotions. You just crack on. Mm-hmm. That's that's the life. But I've realized as the years have got on, it's actually okay not to be okay and have a conversation, um, and and show yourself as being a little bit more vulnerable, mm-hmm. um
1: especially being in this sport sometimes you might feel like you shouldn't be vulnerable because your opponent they might have an edge over you so being that open even when you're a pro boxer like and you know what you can be on both sides it's it's very mature
0: yeah because it's a lonely sport as well mm-hmm. so i have found that since stop drinking and and doing stupid stuff that i've i've got a clear mind i can think a lot more straight um and that's allowed us to, to be a little bit more open as well with conversations and like today I'm I've just admitted I've, I've had counselling the the background and this that and the other like that's not something I'd ever do mm-hmm. but I'm I'm in a position in my life where I'm I'm happy to be open if that's then potentially going to help someone else tell their story then that's my job done
1: and what made you stop drinking that that your last day of drinking what what made you say you know what I'm not doing this again.
0: It was actually my birthday night out and again, I'd made a divvy of myself, got full of drink, got full of, you know, the the bad substances, the bad shit. And it's like, honestly, somebody had just flipped something in my brain to say, nah, this is it now. Because I did keep making the same mistake over and over again. I'd have scraps, I'd treat people like shit. I'd take shit out on, on Amy because she's the closest person to us. But because I was, I'd drink and drink to make myself feel like kind of numb um, to not even know what I was doing. But it was that one time that I woke up and I was like, no, nah, I'm ready now. I'd been locked up and everything and that still wasn't enough to to make a stop. I've been put in hospital before, not because of my doing. I got I got knocked out by a lad. I was in drink that night, but the drink actually saved me life that night, they said, because my head had hit the curb and I I was unconscious. I've got a scar down here for life because of that. But for once, I wasn't actually a dick that night, mm-hmm. but it was just that one time. I was like, loads of things have happened. There was loads of scenarios which you think you, sh- you should stop now, Jordan, but it didn't. And because everyone kept saying it, it was, you need to, you need to stop. It made us want to do it even more. Even though in my head, after I'd done a certain thing, I'd be like, yeah, that's it. I'd be filling them full of shit because I knew I was going to drink again. Mm-hmm. It was that one time and I knew it was just like something had took over my body and was like this is it and that was it never touched a drop since I won't even eat profiteroles anymore which would be my favourite because they've got a small percentage of alcohol in really yeah I take I, it that serious they've got booze in them they've got a small percentage of alcohol I think it's rum or oh, no. one of them really but yeah won't touch them and That's they nice. used to be my favourite at Christmas time I love
1: profiteroles yeah I know oh no is but, there yeah. an, an equivalent you have now then sticky else. toffee
0: pudding that one's nice yeah it's right. yeah <laughs> I've got a sweet tooth
1: so let's talk about the struggles of boxing before we talk about all the good things that, have, that you've already had in your career what are the, the hard parts obviously you're still working as a PT you're taking a lot of stress you're not, not signed by people can you go into what your week looks like around not just boxing about to fight someone you're dealing with everything else
0: yeah I mean it is tough when you're still trying to work um, the beginning of the year I made a decision to leave me part time job because i had a part time job on top of the pt because i because coming from the manager's position it was too much of a drop down in money to take the risk to just go um self employed but then it was i was doing too much trying to fit that in the pt's and boxing so i that i left there the the beginning of the year so i'd just do me pt's and classes now so it fits in around my schedule so i can i can do me boxing and then the pt's fit around that um but it is tough, I'm, I'm not in a position where I'm financially getting paid for fights, I'm pulling out my own pocket, I'm purely relying on sponsorship and sometimes it is tough because it feels like you're always on the wand when you're posting, is there any companies that want to help us out, this, that and the other, but I, I think a lot of people see, oh you're a professional fighter you've got an all right home, like you've got a decent car, like you must be making mega money. And that's the complete opposite. I'm lucky with my business, with the PTs and, and classes, if I make £8,000 a year, I'm lucky if I scrape that. But that's because I, I made that decision. I had the chat with my wife. We sat down, we, we worked out the logistics and I said, yeah, it's a risk I'm willing to take by leaving me part-time job and, and investing myself because I know better times are going to come. So I always said this year's short-term pain, long-term gain, but we'll, we'll get there. I'm not chasing the money, but it would be nice to obviously get paid for what you do. Mm-hmm. But I know that'll come. So whether that's by getting signed by a promotional company or something, but yeah, everything I do at the minute, it's, it's just purely reliant on obviously the, the work that I do do and then the, the sponsorship um, to be able to do it because opponents aren't cheap. The, the flights, traveling this and the other, traveling for sparring, you're training.
1: To fight one person, how much money goes into that? Obviously you're paying your opponent, you have to sell a certain amount of tickets. How much stress are you having with that on top of training to beat them and trying to improve your craft?
0: It's, I mean, dependent on the level of opponent, but you, you could be looking at when you're starting off at between two and 3K that you've got to find straight away. just to cover the opponent's corner so that in itself I mean my sponsorship deals aren't even that for a 12-month period so like that's just for one fight and I'm on my fifth fight this year so it's been tough it's really tough and then on the top of that like obviously trying to sell tickets and train and work and be a man mm. but it's just the reality of, of what I do because I love it and like i say boxing boxing saved my life so i'm i'm literally chucking myself in it a hundred percent
1: so how much have you improved since you've sacked in the part-time job and you've had this whole year so you've been so active have you seen the improvements so much in, 100%, in your craft
0: 100 percent even just being with nick like it's just them small little things like you can feel it with the nutrition's probably the biggest part of it as well because i'm fueling my body right at the right times so i'm I'm getting the right supplements in my body for when I need them before and after training. Um, so Pete has been an absolute genius this year and I trust him 100% and then everything else as well, the, the strength conditioning coach, me, me actual boxing coach, like just everything fits together really nice and yeah, I've tapered it down like work-wise by leaving the part-time job, but I, I still get the one-to-ones in, I still get the classes, but it it's just minimal because... Mm. I've I've chucked myself into boxing and hopefully, at at some point, if it's next year or the year after, then I can just do boxing full time. Um, as long as the bills are paid, I'm I'm cushy.
1: Where do you see yourself in three years' time?
0: World champion. I want to strap around my waist. Three years is I think is a good time. Mm. Like, obviously, I know who's at the top is very elite level, and classy. Um, but. I'm I'm a quick learner. Look what I've done in the space of time. I've been amateur and pro sometime that in the amount of time people have just been pro. Mm-hmm. So
1: Yeah, it sounds like you've really fast tracked your career and there's so many world champions out there that have done the exact same thing. Yeah. It's um where you've already seen the path being being taken by what Lawrence Acoli, I think, started at eighteen. Yeah. He started at eighteen. He was still working in McDonald's, I believe. And obviously he's well-champed now. He's, he's had all of that. So there's a lot of inspiration out there to show why not. Yeah. And we said off-air how women peak a bit later than men as well. Like You've still got probably four or five years until you're going to be at your best anyway.
0: Oh, 100%. I've got so much more on the tank and I've got so much more to learn. Like I always set myself this year has been a learning year and that's exactly what I've done, having sidetracked from that. I know next year there's going to be big opportunities to fight un- unbeaten girls, and I'm going to take it with both hands if if that opportunities come. Um, but yeah, just just excited.
1: Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, and I'm looking forward to December the second. Uh, is there a link? Any sponsors you want to say? Is there any links you want to? Tell anyone.
0: Just a massive. It's going to be live on YouTube. Um, it might not be. Um, I don't think personally I'll be on the live stream on TV for Channel Five because uh, they usually just have a couple of fights on. But it'll be uh, the full undercard will be live streamed on YouTube. Um, all links will be put on my social media and just a massive thank you to my sponsors because I, I genuinely wouldn't be in the position I am or or where I am without their help and support. So, massive thank you At them all.
1: Brilliant. Well, all the best, and I'll catch you soon.
0: Thank you very much.